Hey, stackers, happy Friday. Before I press play on this live recording that we did on the new Fireside app, like Dr. Seuss, I've got thing one and thing two here. Thing one is, hey, Nashville, we're coming to see you, Nashvilleites, Nashvilleites, Nashvilleians. I have no idea. Stackers around Nashville, how about that? Come see us. We will be August 2nd. That's a Tuesday night, you know, party night, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Bavarian Beer Haas. Uh, that is very close to where we're doing our uh, conference that I'm going to be at. So there'll be a lot of conference attendees. I've heard from many of your favorite podcasters that they're going to come party with us. Uh, so please come join us. Paula Pant will be there from, of course, the Afford Anything show and our show. I know Mindy Jensen said that she is going to come. The amazing Steve Stewart, who is the engineer of our show, he will be there. So many other people, uh, Lee Huffman, Rocky Lovani, Jennifer Grimson. Man, uh, we're going to have some fun, but hope you can come too. Please tell us you're coming so we make sure we have enough space. It is stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Nashville. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Nashville. Nashville, 7 to 9 p.m. All right, that's thing one. Thing number two is this. I heard from many of you that with these live shows on Fireside, that uh, our edition of a laugh track you don't like, and I, I want to be very clear, we did not insert a laugh track. Uh, the cool thing about this app, by the way, and the laughing is part of the app, and I'll explain that in a second, but the app is available, and I'm very happy with the fact that we're able to push the envelope a little bit and we can involve you on the Friday shows, but if you want to be there for the live recording of the shows, it's usually Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, and it's on the Fireside app. Now, the bad news is it is now widely available, but only still on the App Store. Google, it's coming, but it ain't there yet. On the App Store, if you look for an app called Fireside, and there's many of them, look for the one that has a photo of Mark Cuban and Fallon Fedemi, who is the CEO. Mark Cuban is behind it. Fallon is the CEO. Uh, you'll see a photo of them. Click on that, download it, and you can play on uh, Fireside. But they call the individual rooms auditoriums. And what's cool about it, when you get there, you've got these buttons and you can clap. So you press a button and it makes a clapping sound. You can make a clapping sound that sounds like you're very much clapping, like you're excited. The third thing you can do is you can laugh when we tell a joke. For us doing the podcast, I really liked it because being here in the basement, we never get that kind of feedback, right? But I've heard from enough of you that it is annoying hearing it later. So we are going to stop that. I just wanted to mention it today because of the fact that you're going to hear it because we recorded this before we made that decision. So no more laughing from the audience or clapping from the audience after uh, today's show. We'll go back to it the way that it was. But Fireside, please join us for live shows. They're a ton of fun. I also love innovating on the podcast. It's a good time. And I love this episode that you're about to hear. Let's do this, stackers. Happy weekend. And let's stack some Benjamins live. Created live on Fireside. Live from Joe's mom's basement and the Fireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we'll ask our roundtable and live audience what investing habits keep you broke. 
joining us with tips to make you more investment savvy, we welcome from Simple Trader Pro, Rosetta Bryson. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I wish it were Woody. He's actually funny. But that birthday boy's turning 60 today, so Len Penzo's going to stand in for him. And last, it's OG. And don't worry, I'll bring this live show home when I share my sports-related trivia. And now, a guy who thought a great investing idea was diversifying into all of the satellite radio companies, it's Joe Salcihai. That might have been the most, uh, <laughs> the worst diversifying I ever did. I made a bunch of money in XM radio back in the day. And I thought, you know what? I believe in satellite radio. So I will take a half of my money. I will sell it to diversify and I will buy another satellite radio company, Sirius. And then of course the two of them merged and, uh, the stock has, uh, not done all that well since then. Hey everybody, welcome to the Stacky Benjamin show. I'm Joe Saul. See hi, as Doug said, average Joe money on Twitter. And Doug, your microphone is uh, having some problems today, man. You got to maybe send it to bed early or give it some chicken noodle soup or something. I think I'm going to smack it around a little bit, Joe. That's the mood I'm in right now. I'm frustrated <laughs> with the technology. It is. But, but it's weird that your flip phone from 1986 isn't holding up. Okay, this thing runs like a champ. Do not knock the flip phone. <laughs> and here, ac- here across the card table from me, it's my co-host on the shindig. Mr. OG is here. What's happening? You are happening, my friend, because you ready to, to talk about some uh, habits for traders and investors. And by the way, for people that aren't traders, these habits, OG, are great for just buy and hold investors as well. Investing habits, things that you can uh, learn from the mistakes of others. Yes, absolutely. It's the best type of learning. And a guy who says he's made lots of mistakes with his investments deep under Los Angeles from his bunker, Mr. Len Penzo, not Woody Harrelson, is here. You know, Doug, Woody has a head start on anybody with the first name of Woody automatically has a head start on comedy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage there. And Doug, you know, it sounds like you're talking about a flip phone. That would be an uh, be an upgrade. It sounds like it sounds like he's talking through with some red beer cups and a string. <laughs> Do you think he's not? I mean, you really think he's not? He probably is. I love is. Doug. I love Doug. And, and Len, we're so pleased that she's here with us uh, on Fireside. I actually got to be on Doc G Show, Earn and Invest, last week with this woman. Coming to us from Simple Trader Pro, it's our new friend, Rosetta Bryson, is here. So glad to be here with you all. I'm out of the hallway. I'm in the room. <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. So tell everybody what, what I already know and about uh, what you do about Simple Trader Pro. Um, I invite people who have never traded before to trade and, uh, I especially reach out to people who have never traded before people of color, uh, the people who've never had access to the room. We invite them in the room. We are the number one. Um, and I will say it proudly African-American owned, uh, trade company in the United States and woman owned. And so we're pretty big. We're very good at what we do. We do everything that that uh, the big companies don't do, which is teach people how to really trade 
so that they don't lose their money. Uh, so they really are investors and traders, depending on what you want to do, so that they don't lose their money and they can set themselves up for a future. That's well, what we do. I am so happy that you're here with us. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about things for traders today, but also buy and hold investors. If you're just investing in index funds, I think there's a lot of stuff here but for you as well, because what we find is behavior behavior is the win. And I'm sure Rosetta, that's what you teach. It's got to be right. Behavior wins or loses the day. Behavior is everything. And so if you monitor the data of how you trade, when you trade, when you make the most money, um, we sort of tell you and, and can work with you to figure out how you do that. Um, I think I shared with you last week, our artificial intelligence helps the traders know when they're trading emotionally, when they're, when they're, you know, revenge trading, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we put it to use and it works so that you'd do not keep making the same mistakes. That's great. We call our uh, artificial intelligence here, Doug. That's what we call it. So <laughs> got a whole, a whole different thing. We got Rosetta here. We've got Doug here. We've got OG. We've got Len. We're going to talk trading. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, guys, let's roll into some discussion about trading secrets that keep you poor. (music) 
And I call them trading secrets because we're here live on Fireside and I can't operate the buttons. I'm still learning what the heck I'm doing. These are actually six trading habits, not secrets. I think a lot of people do these. This is on a website called tradingwithrainer.com. And I want to walk through these. And, and Len, I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind. Number one, you chase the market. And man, how often during your long career of, of following money, have you seen this burn people just chasing some, oh, look at everything's doing great. So I should buy that. Yeah. It, well, you know what? It, it's just human nature, right? I mean, everybody wants to follow the herd and it, it, you, you feel, there's safety in numbers, right? The price is going up. It's momentum. People are going, wow, you can't lose with this stock. And uh, it's just, it kind of makes you feel feel good and feel safe and people do it all the time. But that doesn't that violate the first rule of trading, which is, you know, buy low and sell high. Right. But but we can't we can't help ourselves. I mean it's just human nature. But isn't that true, Len, that the time when you feel safest is the time when you should probably feel the most nervous? Because well, if absolutely. it feels phenomenal, man, it probably is is not a great thing. Well you know it doesn't help. If you're at work and your friends saying, hey, you know, did you see that XYZ company, it's just gone up and yeah, yeah, I got it. I mean, and it feeds on itself and, and, you know, markets can stay irrational and stocks can go up way, way beyond even the, when the fundamentals uh, justify the prices. So you have to be careful, but yeah, you know, it's a herd thing. I mean, that's humans are herd animals and it, and, it, and it's uh it's easy to do. Well, that's what I wanted to ask Rosetta, ask you about, because we hear a lot about momentum trading, right? About stocks that go up tend to keep going up. Is there some truth there too? Well, this market is a little different. As you know, since probably right before May through right about now, July, the market was so slow, slower than I think it's ever been. And so there's a couple little things that you're going to have to take. I don't mind chasing if you have the perimeters, there's some perimeters in there. If you know how to, you know, put a trailing stop in there and stop yourself out, then I don't mind you chasing. I'm very good at parabolic. If, a, if we got a supernova or parabolic, I'm in it, but I'm usually in it before everybody because, you know, we sort of gauge it quicker than most people. So by the time a regular person finds out about it, the stock is already coming down it's already yeah. too late it's like looking on squawk box and you're 15 minutes behind on the ticker oh yeah so you you have to be you have to be you have to be very very clear and savvy tech savvy in terms of what you what you and and put a boundary on where you're getting in but it is it's an emotional trading is emotional so you have to guard yourself emotionally and then you have to have people in your life that says no and oh <laughs> what does that mean I mean, because um, I run my company and, and, you know, I'm in and out, in and out. I'm a great scalper if that's what it needs to be. But one of the things that, you know, if I've just made money, made money, stack the Benjamin, by the, by the way, I love the name. Thank I love you. the name, stacking the Benjamins. And I love the, the you've got a flip flown. I still got Blackberry. So I just wanted to say that. Um, it goes, it goes, people. it goes nicely I, with your pager, I'll bet, Rosetta. Correct. When I'm, when I am. You know, when I've done exceedingly, exceedingly well and I'm going back in again, I'm like, somebody stop me. Somebody tell me to stop, you know, and um, they're like, you know what, really stop. So um, I do give people uh, that are around me, some of my team, the 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 audacity to say no, because I tell people no all the time, especially new trace. No, sit down, go home. You've hit the mark. Let's go. See you tomorrow. Done. So it's 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 about it's about, you know, setting standards, priorities and what are your goals? 
if your goal is to make it, you can make it. Anybody can make it. But most times people lose it because they are looking at it as gambling versus this is an investment and I'm being very wise with my investment. Well, I want to talk to you about this, OG, bring you into the discussion because this is also important. I think when it comes to bonds, right? We see people chasing yield with, uh, you know, some of these uh, uh, high interest things that are, I think, far more dangerous than people think they are. I, I think that you could say that for for fixed income, despite the fact that it's terribly useless, but also um, even something more more relevant to today, the housing market. Um, I don't think that it's the exact same thing as what we experienced in you know kind of the two thousands through early two thousand ten, but um, but it has some of the same flavors, you know, and and you think about the people who are putting offers on homes, $50,000 over asking price and waiving inspections and, and all that other sort of stuff. And you go, my goodness, that that's it. That's a huge risk too. a different risk than, you know, trading securities you know, without a plan, but, but a similar one in that, you know, you're taking away all of your opportunity to find out whether or not it's a, it's a lemon, you know? And, and, and when you do that with, individual, individual, uh, securities. The problem is if you are following the herd or doing whatever, you know, that we were talking about before, um, you're not doing, you're not having time to do your own due diligence. And, um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. I want to, I want to stick with you, OG, for uh, point two on here, which is you used a fixed position size. But when it comes to portfolio management, we see this all the time, right? People put a third of, we are people that put a third of their money in international, a third into large cap, a third into small cap, or they they use these fixed sizes as if it's going to be as good as if we, you know, have the right asset allocation. Well, every, every position that you have, individual stocks or ETFs or mutual funds or whatever, they're all going to react differently to different market stimulus. And, uh, and, and hopefully anyway, that's the plan with diversification is that you have different things that respond differently to different uh, uh, circumstances. So you have to know at least generically what the range of returns and what that, what that uh, reaction might look like so that you can figure out what the best allocation would be between things like big companies and small companies or U.S.-based companies or non-U.S.-based companies because they behave differently. And if you just straight up say, okay, I'm going to you know, buy these 10 stocks or I'm going to buy these 10 funds or I'm going to buy these 10 ETFs and they're all exactly the same, then uh, you're not getting the benefit or as much benefit anyway as you could by looking at how they behave uh, together, and you know, we call that correlation. So we want to see how the how the different asset classes behave independent of one another, but then also together as a group. Rosetta, uh, uh, this uh, this gentleman Rayner who wrote this piece talks about fixed position size when it comes to trading. I think a lot of our audience isn't even familiar with trading, and what does that mean using a fixed position size? And why why would he say this might be bad? Well, I think if I'm not trying to criticize him, but I think some of his method is a little bit off now Yeah, because we used to just had small, mid, large caps, blue chips. Now we have mega caps. Let's start there. Yeah, And I love what was just said about being balanced because I believe that your portfolio should be balanced. It, it should be diversified. There should be a little, you know, there should be money. There should be stocks, pardon me, tickers everywhere. I think that you should not just be in one category. I do think that's a strategy. You know, if you're going to just, you know, stick with one one size to trade everything, I, I don't think it's a smart strategy. I teach 
traders, you know, and traders get in and get out. So I don't think that would work for necessarily for us. If you're doing long-term investments where it's an investment and you're sitting in it and it's working for you. Um, I even now think that some of us who are, who are just sort of have the, have the capacity to sort of gauge the market. Um, I think you're creating your own ETFs, what would be called your own ETFs. You're creating your own funds. And I think, um, that gives you the ability not to be stuck in just one genre. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we're going to see, oh, gee, back to you for a second. I think what Rosetta's talking about, I think we're going to see that more in the future as technology continues to come online, don't you? Where people are kind of modifying the ETFs a little bit and making their own. It's yeah. already happening. It's, it, it's, it obviously used to be at the professional level, like the, you know, like, like Rosetta said at the Wall Street level. And now I, 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 I know that, uh, you know, investment firms can do it for their clients directly. And in the not too distant future, it'll be a lot easier for yeah. individual investors to do as well. Len, when you hear about balancing your portfolio, like Rosetta and OG are talking about, you, I'm sure you're thinking that means to own all the different metals, right? <laughs> well, that's true. You know what? I mean, I, I, you may be joking, but that's actually something you can do. And, and what you're making a point is you can diversify within groups. So you right. can diversify within uh, the metals is a great example. I mean, you can just put it all, if you are into precious metals, you can put it all into gold, or you may want to diversify and put it into gold and silver. Maybe you want to really get out there and go into platinum, uh, palladium, rhodium. Uh, it all depends. It all, each of these carry different amounts of risk. Um, and that's with any other investment. Well, and they also um, have different utility too, right? Which I think course, is important. Yeah, that is true. Uh, for example, um, if we'll stick with that, I mean, just this is just one example. So, you know, gold is mainly monet has monetary use, and basically that's its primary use. Silver has industrial use and monetary uh, applications, and then you get out into the other metals like uh, palladium, platinum. Those have a, a large industrial component, uh, especially with like catalytic converters in in cars. Um, you look at uh, uh, palladium price that. You know, that was really – that was below the price of platinum for many years. And then about uh, four years ago, it just went through the roof. I mean, palladium now is – it's uh, two or three times the price of gold, I believe. At what point do we talk about Doug Coin and, yeah. and diversifying? Yeah, that's a whole different uh, episode. We're, we're covering that maybe maybe next week, man. Okay. Uh uh, Len, when it comes to proper diversification, how have you done it with your portfolio? Well, it's got it's. You have long term, and you have long term low risk, and you have uh, short term high risk. Um, and I try to, and it and it changes with age, right? So as you're younger, you want to be able, be taking more risk. You want to put more investments, or maybe you don't want to, but uh, it might be beneficial to you to you you have the time to recover from uh, any downturns in the market when you're young. Um, so as you're younger, you take more risks. Um, and so you, you diversify into, uh, items that are, you know, offer a higher return, but potential loss as you get older, as I am now, you start backing off a little bit off that risk and you're looking for a little bit more of security in case there is a market downturn. Old guys like myself don't have the time to recover, uh, you know, the luxury to recover, and so you want to, you know, uh, don't get a little more safe. Don't call us, don't safe. call us old guys, Len. 
We're not well, older. No, I said me. I said me. But yes, Joe, you are. Uh, yes, we're both uh, old Gen Xers. Yes. Uh, uh, third into this, and and we'll stick with you, Len. Is you average into losses, and and when he talks about this one, Len, averaging into losses, I'm wondering this. So, you own some position, right? And it goes down. And so you buy more because if it's cheaper, it's better. Buy low, sell high. And then it goes down more and it goes down more and it goes down more. At at what point and by what criteria do you decide that maybe this is a mistake? Well, the point you decide is at least what I do is when you have an exit strategy before, and I've said this many times, and this is no secret, everybody, I mean, a lot of any professional will tell you this, You've, you should know when you buy the stock, when you're going to exit your position, either to the upside or the downside. You don't buy without having a plan before you buy. If you're confident that why you're buying is for the right reason, or you, you get out. But again, you got to know ahead of time before you buy that stock. R- Rosetta, when you see a falling position, how do you decide when it's time to get out? My motto is take your money, go home. If you're green, take your money, go home. The reason why people feel like they need to is because they're not guarding their positions, number one. Number two, if you're so rich that you don't need to guard it and you can, you know, you can just, you know, continue to add in. My my thing for you then is to is to make sure that you are respectful of the trend. A lot of people just do not um, want to respect what they see on the chart. This is an issue, and I've been telling, you know, I had to get over it early in my years of trading. One of the things that's so important is I'm an absolute positive optimist. You know, I don't think the glass is half full or half empty. I think it's overflowing. So <laughs> if you are like that, you're just, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to, you know, you're crazy. Read the chart. Believe what's there. Respect the trend and take your emotion out of it. Then you wouldn't get caught there because I'm a believer of getting, if it's not working, cut it quickly. Let's go. Let's go. So you can trade another day. Do not blow up your account. You know, there's a couple of tools, I think, Rosetta, that you talk about with newbies and a lot of people listening might not know these, these terms and that these things are out there. I think what you're talking about, you're talking about guarding your position. Number one is you can place a limit order. And I don't think, I, did, I think we people that are new enough to investing, they don't understand a limit order. And then I think the second thing you're talking about is setting stop losses, right? Could you, yes. could, could you if you're talking about those things, could you explain kind of how those work to people that, that may be brand new at this? Let's just say that you're brand new and you're getting into a trade and the trade is, you know, bullish, meaning it's going Mm -hmm. long. Uh, In that case, what you're going to have to do is you're going to already know where you want to get out. If it doesn't seem to slow enough, doesn't seem like it's going there, then, and if it is going there, let me just say this, if it is going there, put, put a stop lock where you want to get out. Don't trust, don't trust your hand or your emotion. I'm getting in at 25. If it gets to 27, I'm taking my money. Boom. Put a stop loss at 27. You're out. But um, my favorite tool, and I think for new traders who can't afford for their accounts to be blown up, it's what is called a trailing stop. Uh, when I first started, I started in commodities, not equities. And oh, boy. I you, used it. you were in a I, really risky place, Rosetta. Yes, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I think it set me apart in terms of how I looked at things. But I lose that trailing stop. So it trailed me depending on, you know, if I got in a, if I got in a trade, let's say that it's a, um, it's a bearish trade. I got in at 25 and it went to 25.50. If I had a, you know, one cent, you know, trailing stop, 
if it went back to 49, it stopped me out. I made my 49 cents. So then you're really not legitimately gambling. You can stop yourself out. Some of the best traders I know on the, on the, you know, the street, I call Wall Street, but over here on the on the corner, on the corner, <laughs> some of my better traders over here on the corner who are millionaires and multimillionaires who defy the odds, they use the stop. Hey, that's hey, just, Rosetta, that's so, just me. So, so the stop loss, I, I totally agree with the stop losses. Those are great to have. Just people have to remember that they are not, they're not um, guaranteed. Um Especially so, on a parabolic. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, Things that are moving big, big, fast. Um, they'll, just they'll, because you have a stop loss, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get in or you're, you're going to sell at the price yeah. you put that stop loss. If, That's the, very if true. the stock gaps down the, the next day, sometimes a stock will close at, say, $100. Mm-hmm. And the next day, there's been some bad sentiment overnight. It'll, it'll open up at, say, 80. And if you had that stop loss at 90, that's too bad. You're, they're going to sell it for you at 80. So. Too bad, too sad. You're absolutely yep, right. right. Yep. But you know what? I, if I may, gentlemen, I, I just call that's the cost of doing business. You already know that there's a cost to doing business in this, in this particular industry. Know it. Know all the rules before you step in. Yep, and the risks. Right. And yeah, the you got to know right. the risks. Yep. Yep. Oh, gee, I'm wondering when it comes to having these long-term positions, they're talking about using stop losses. You like stop losses on your ETFs or is that, does that create problems for somebody who's a long-term buy and hold person? I don't think they're super necessary for that because if you're a long-term buy and hold person, you're suggesting that your belief is that the market's going to go up, up over a long period of time. So what does it matter if it goes down in the short period of time. Especially if you're in like a diversified ETF, just trading with the market. Yeah, and if you're dollar cost averaging in and that sort of I stuff, agree. I mean, there's no sense in, in complicating your life in that regard. If you're trading, if you're a trader, then absolutely you have to have, you have to have like uh, Rosetta said, you have to have both sides of the transaction covered. You have to have, you have to be able to um, make money, whether it's raining or sunny. You know? And one and of the th- things I, if I can interrupt OG, I have some long-term positions. Not one of them has a stop loss on it. So I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I'll give one more thing that I do for my long-term stuff. I don't look at it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm defeating the purpose by looking at my positions frequently if it's a long term. And that's, that goes for some things I'm holding long term that are really some, some long shot bets. They're small positions, but they're long shots, but I'm in holding them for long term. If I had checked on the price of those every day, I would have gotten out a long time ago. So if you truly know you're in it for the long term, don't, don't check on it every day. You're going to drive yourself nuts. Hey, the unless second it's your house, yeah, I was say, unless it's your house, then I refresh Zillow every day. Right, right. right. Look for went up, bro, especially lately. Like, holy cow, <laughs> we're we're making money hand over fist just to, here in the neighborhood. All right, it looks like uh, Doug standing here behind me. Well, not really, because he's got his uh, tin can that he's recording into today. How's the tin can coming, my friend? I think it sounds great on my end. My <laughs> voice sounds just as mellifluous as it always does. So I don't, you know. You ready to do some trivia? Let's do some. All right. Here we go. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I'll tell you how not to be broke. Combine two of my favorite things, animals and gambling. No, this isn't a Michael Vick thing. Just stick with me on this. Hear me out. Ever heard of betting on the ponies? Well, I looked up ponies, 
And it turns out you find them down at the petting zoo. Duh. So I drive over there and there's just a bunch of kids running around and not a bookie in sight. Boom. There's my opening. Because up until this moment, if you wanted to gamble, pro sports has pretty much been your only option. Am I right? So let's make that to today's trivia question. When was the first professional sports franchise that's still operating founded in the U.S.? I'll be back with your answer and my experience betting on the ponies in just a moment. Well, we do a trivia challenge every week here on the show, and it is between our three main contributors. Mr. Len Penzo is our three-time champ, but bad news for Len this year. If you're new to this story, Len has eight points. OG pulling further ahead last week has 11. So Len, while you're not here, OG pulling even further away. Yeah, this is getting ugly. Yeah. Ugly. And uh, Rosetta, I've got some good news and some bad news for you, my friend. Would you like the good news first or the bad news either one let's hit it okay the bad the bad news is you're in last place you're playing on behalf of our good friend paula pant who you are replacing today she has seven she's only a point behind len but the good news there i got two pieces of good news number one is you get to guess last so you get to see what og and len say first and kind of figure out where you want to be there and then the other good news we have a partner with you today stacker mike joins us hey mike Hello. I'm glad you could be here with us, my friend. So where are you calling in from? Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, my goodness. And is it, uh, did you live through Elsa? Uh, I was actually in Virginia in the mountains. So, Uh, Oh, that's tough. I feel bad for you having to be in Virginia. That's that's so rough. And when you're not stacking Benjamins, what are you doing? Uh, I build training programs for the Navy. Awesome. Well, uh, glad that you're here with us. And uh, you ready to help Rosetta win? I got all excited there for a second. I thought he was going to say, I build trains. And I was like, yeah. Uh, No. Would have been a dream come true for Len, but 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 another day. Uh, all right, so Mike, you and Rosetta will be going third. That means the pressure now is on OG going first. Uh, OG, the oldest continually operating uh, franchise in pro sports, started what year? So this has got to be it's got to be Major League Soccer, right? As Pro- the, pro- as probably, the, yes, that's right. So. <laughs> Like there's the Dallas team, Seattle team, I know. Uh, so I'm thinking baseball, and um, and I and I and I think uh, you know you got to go some big baseball teams. You got maybe the the Tigers. They've been around a long time. The Yankees, the Dodgers. They were. They were Brooklyn before they moved, right? So that'd be cool. Uh, so is it who or what year? It's what year? What year? Um, I'm going to say that the first professional sports franchise was founded in uh, uh, 1874. 1874, Len. Um, gosh. It's got to be ba- – we can definitely rule out basketball. We can rule out football. Uh, we can rule out soccer. Well, wait a minute. Is, uh, are you talking in the world or the United States? In the U.S. Yeah, he asked in the U.S. Uh, okay, so it's baseball. 
Uh, boy, that's a pretty good guess. Oh, gee. Um, let's see. Double Day. I think it was during the Civil War he invented the game. What would you say, OG? 74? Uh, that's 1874? right. 1874? Uh, 1874. All right. So, gosh, do I dare go before that? Professional. Now, I'm going to say 80. One, 1881. 1881. Uh, Rosetta and Mike. Uh, Rosetta, what's your first thought as you hear this? My first thought was that I need to either Google or see Alexa. <laughs> not, not during, yeah. <laughs> with all these big, huge prizes, right? <laughs> I, but I will let Mark. I will let Mike, my partner, go because I do have an answer. I would probably Chelsea Brennan and say 1882. So you're thinking it's later, Mike. I'm thinking so, but I'm not positive. I I think it's 1869. Oh, you think it's earlier? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So so so, uh, Mike, what do you think? I say go with her because I don't have a clue. <laughs> All right. She goes, 1869, says Rosetta. Well, we would love to tell you who's right, but we don't play it that way. We will be right back. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country And I also think about some of our active service members want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Oh, gee, you kicked it off with 1874, and they surrounded you in a hurry, big guy. Uh, yep, I could have said 1974, and they would have done that too, so who knows. <laughs> and, and Len, 1881, the good news is with Rosetta kind of vetoing Mike and going the other way, you got all the upside. 
Well, I don't know. You know, Rosetta could be right. I think Doubleday invented the game in the during the Civil War, right? And that was ended in '65. Who knows? Who knows? But you think about that. If she's right, how how it, it just shows capitalism, right? It took four years to turn it pro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like, let's make this thing professional. Uh, and Rosetta, 1869, which means if it was even earlier, if it only took them a year or two, uh, you and Mike, you guys got, if it was in 1550, you've got it. Whoop, whoop, Mike, let's go. All right. All right, Mike, you feeling confident? I'm just guessing. All right. All right. Well, here we go. No need to guess anymore because Doug's about to give us the answer. Doug? Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and there I was at the petting zoo entertaining all of the hostage dads with my sports book. I mean, you know who these guys are, right? You can tell by the look on their face, somewhere between just shoot me and wow, I've never seen a turtle that big before, when a couple of overbearing Karens start in on me. Wait, is overbearing Karens redundant? Anyway, they're hassling me with all these questions like, what are you up to? And I've never seen you around here before. And I'm calling the manager. So I try to explain to him I've got five to one odds on the always ornery Welsh pony bucking the redheaded kid before they make three circles around that little merry-go-round thing when one of them hits me in the shins with her umbrella. And now I realize what's going on. I'm getting, I'm getting the old-fashioned shakedown from the petting zoo mafia. After I paid out three of the dads when the red-headed kid hit the sawdust after just two circles, I took down my chalkboard, packed up, and got the hell out of Jim's petting zoo, mini golf, and taxidermy. What's the lesson there? If you're betting on the Shetlands, the Welshes, or the Highlands, do so at your own risk, people. All right, now let's see how our roundtable gambled on today's trivia. The question was, when was the first professional sports franchise that's still operating founded in the U.S.? Well, the longest continuously operating professional sports team is the Chicago Cubs, which began play in 1870 as an independent squad then called the Chicago White Stockings. Now, the Cincinnati Reds are often miscited as being the oldest as that team was organized in 1866 and became fully professional in 1869, but then they disbanded at the end of 1870. That makes our winners Rosetta and Mike, who guessed 1869. <laughs> See ya! Nice job! <laughs> So Rosetta, Rosetta goes to nailing it. What happened there, Rosetta? <laughs> I cannot tell. Don't ask, don't tell. She's got no. I, uh -huh. you, she didn't just. Uh -huh. She didn't just. Ooh, she, the judges may have to investigate. <laughs> nah, I'm just hooking up the girl. You know, girl power that's not here. And needs it, needed to get even for next week. I'm just nice. doing my part. Yeah, sounds like uh, maybe you've got Paula on speed dial. Yeah, girl power uh, for the win. And Paula and Len now are tied. Mike, congratulations for being on the winning team. you got to feel good now that Rosetta decided, uh, nope, she's chucking your answer. Yep, picked a good partner. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. So thanks for playing, man. Congrats. 
Hey, the second half of this conversation about uh, trading is uh, brought to you by Magnify Money. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. And you know what happens when you do that, Rosetta? When you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money? Do tell. <laughs> you Nice. Good work. You find that 92% of those products you use every day, like checkings, checking accounts, savings accounts, uh, CDs that you'll use for your everyday banking, maybe not the best in class because there's so many online banks out there. And what Magnified Money does is pairs over 92% of them against each other, ranks them head to head. So head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnified Money. So next, next on this list is you hesitate to cut your loss. And Rosetta, we'll go back to you on this one. I think that must be why you have the stop loss, right? So that you don't hesitate because you'll see people, I'm sure you see people all the time, Rosetta, that think that this is going to go back up. So I should probably just keep it. Correct. You know what? That's an ill-informed trader. They already didn't have their price target from to begin with. You have to already know where you're going. And the problem is people follow people, which is crazy. But in order to do that and make money, you have to be able to read the chart before you on your own without somebody else gauging you because everything is so tech heavy, meaning the charts are there for you. The scanners are there for you. No one's doing the work and they can't read anything for themselves. So they're guessing. And so you may win a few times, but chances are you're going to, you know, it's going to drop. So um, no, no for yourself, what moves you're making before you get in. That's number one. And, uh, I just I believe in being fully educated before you make a move. Yeah. Do your homework ahead of time. All do all due diligence. Uh, oh, gee. When do you see with long term investors this uh, this gets them into trouble? Not knowing when to run. Yeah. Not knowing when to hold them, when to fold them. There's like a song about that. You should make a song about that. Doug should make Doug should, should sing us that song. That's what you should do. Sorry. Um, don't tempt me. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Do it. The, um, it, again, it, de- it depends on, on the, uh, type of investing that you're doing, right? If it's a long-term diversified, uh, a portfolio, then, then it's just temporary. You know, when you have individual equities, and this is one of the downsides of having individual positions is that, there is a chance that all of a sudden they, they whoever they is, decides that, uh, you know, Apple's not a great company anymore. And we all look at that and we just say, well, that'll never happen. Apple's a huge company. But that's what they said, you know, 30 years ago with General Electric. And, um, uh, you know, Ford and General Motors or whomever. But, but, you know, if you have individual positions, you have to have an idea of, from a, a due diligence standpoint, like Rosetta said, like what's what's going on in the company? You know, are we are we are we on the way up? Are we flat or what? Like what's happening? And um, and uh, you know, what do they say? Don't don't try to don't try to catch a falling knife. You know? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to. I, I think, like that cost of doing business thing that Rosetta said. I thought that was pretty cool. That's sometimes cost of doing business. You're not going to win everything. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's the time OG, at least when I was a, a financial planner, that was the time I saw people uh, hesitate was when you had a concentrated position, you were in love with it, right? Maybe it's a company that you worked for and somebody's telling you, you should diversify this because you got too much money in it. And then I feel like that's when you, that's when, that's when I saw people hesitate more than any other time. 
Yeah. And, and when you have that concentrated position, that's where it gets you in trouble because, mm-hmm. you know, you say, well, I don't want to sell this stock because then I'm going to have to pay $200,000 in taxes. It's like, but that means you made a million. <laughs> like that's just exactly. that's the cost of doing business sometimes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you have to pay your taxes. I'm sorry that you didn't do this before. You should be so happy that you made a million dollars. Like, oh, woe is you. Lent, uh, you know I got to, I, I have something kind of OG kind of brought up that sometimes I struggle with. It's like whether you have a long-term gain or a short-term capital gain, right? It's like, gosh, if I sell it now, I'm going to get, you know, say it goes up really fast in a short amount of time. Do I ride that baby and so I can, you know, take advantage of the long-term gain or do I sell now? And I mean, that to me is a, that's a that's always a tough one for me. Uh, maybe Rosetta can tell me, uh, you know, what what uh, how she handles that. Don't bird in the hand, it. a bird in the hand. Get okay. your money. Take your money, Len. Get, your money. Money. Get the okay. money. So, so you should never worry about that. At the table, there'll be time <laughs> enough to count. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, that's <laughs> Doug wouldn't do it. Rosetta would though. She took think, the bait. Len, I think it depends on summer's evening. Yeah. On the train. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Up train. Um. Uh, Len, I think it. I think it depends where in that where in that time frame you are, right? If you buy a stock tomorrow and it doubles tomorrow by noon, I would not be thinking like, well, in three hundred and sixty four and a half days, I can sell this and only pay. Like I'm like out, right? Like cash my paycheck for the day. But if you've held it a while and it's slowly gone up and you haven't done anything, or you've held it for ten months and then it goes up, you know, you bought GameStop in November and it skyrockets in April. I think you have to think about uh, how that affects you and and how much money is at risk, you know, and, um, you know, there's no rule that says you have to sell everything. You know, you can sell some, you know, there's all sorts of different things, but um, I I, I like my friends call me cash. I like cash. (laughs) Yeah. Can I say something here, gentlemen? One of the things that is important is is absolutely important for a trader, which is different than an investor, where you get out. Let me give you an example. Um, our team looked at two TTD, uh, the trade station. We were in it for a long time. It decided to split. It split at 600 some odd dollars. I think that it came out around $58. We were in like a 31. It's now at like 70 some odd. My expectation, I'm still in it. You know, it split 10 to one. So if I had 100 shares, I had 1,000 shares. And I'm still in it. It's that's for me. That's it's your long term is different than as a trader. So I'm gonna give it a couple of months to get to a hundred dollars. We will. Everybody will have made probably a good fifty thousand on it. I think for a trader, that's a good trade. We're sticking with it. The same thing with uh, Nvidia, NVDA. Um, right now, it's getting ready to. It's popped up. It pops down. Pops up. Pops down. It's an eight hundred dollar stock. It's it's getting ready to split. I think with a dividend at seven to one on July the nineteenth. So it it all depends on what your what your focus is, what your focus is. And so um, we we want the dividend, we want the split. You know, right when that splits, if it looks good and it and if it starts to run, I'm gonna take my money and go home. So it all depends where I stayed in TTD. I will take my money from NVIDIA. So you have to, and that's a good company for me. So if you have to look at it for an investor, long-term investor, you know, I'm looking at something. I'm not, I know a lot of people just love the Apple. I mean, they love the Amazon. They love the Tesla. Well, I love what's under them. I love their competitors. I love who's coming up under them that is, you know, being a thorn in their side. The uh, next one. Yeah, because they're either going to buy them up 
it's going to be a merger, an acquisition, or or they're going to get so much attention that that stock will rise. So everyone cannot buy at the top. It's a bad investment. So I love what OG said about that. You really, really, really have to know have to know when to get in and get out. Uh, Len, I was I was about to come to you because we were talking about when people have a concentrated position and and a lot of times it's where you work, right? I'm sure you've seen people where you work over the years that that load up on the company that you work for and 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 don't want to sell it. Yeah, I, you know what? I've and I've <laughs> I know people who have and they're they got uh, you know they were very close to retirement. This was. You know, 10, 20 years ago, I know people watch people do this. They took their whole 401k and put it in the company stock. And I was like, oh, oh. oh my, you know, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they're about ready to retire and they're rolling the dice, you know? I mean, it, it, and, and it actually worked out for the guy, uh, <laughs> the, the one guy, George, it did. And, uh, you know, it makes me wonder, gosh, why, did, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wouldn't recommend that anybody do that. But gosh, you know, if I, if I had done that, you know, oh, I'd be, you know, this, I'd have been retired a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, people will do that. And, 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 and all that is, it's gambling. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think when you're, are you investing or are you gambling? When you go and make a, a buy like that or any trade or any investment, you gotta ask yourself, Am I investing for the right reasons or am I gambling and trying to get rich quick? Because if you're doing the latter, you you could get burned and you've got to be careful. And that brings up our last point, number five on here to end it. Uh, you have itchy fingers. Rosetta, how often do you see people that are just trading because they're bored and there really is no reason they should be trading right now? Listen, I've told people to go home. Go home. This is not your groove. Find something else to do. This is not your gift. You're not gifted at it. You're playing. We had a gentleman whose father was a um, commercial real estate guy. He gave him like $100,000. He blew through it in no time. And then he gave him 40 more. And I just told the guy, listen, go home. This is not your gift. Go home. Your itchy fingers are you just can't. You don't have the capacity. You won't learn. You won't study. It's not for you. Go do go to go. I'd rather you go to casino and throw your money away than waste our time and an energy trying to teach you something you don't want to learn. So everyone, it's not their gift. For me, it's a passion, both the long-term investing side and, you know, I'm a, but I'm a stickler for the rules. Know what the rules are. Just like we talked about, know that if you, if you hit it big, there's capital gains taxes. Know what all the rules are that affect you so that you can trade effectively and passionately every day. Where most people do not like getting up and going to work. I'm like, let it, let's hit it. It's Monday. It's money Monday. And I think that if you come with that drive, then you will do the work. You will do the work. It's work. It's not just, it's not just, this is fun. This is work. And so if you approach it like that, I think you'll do well. The itchy finger comes from people who have been told they can just get quick, rich quick. And it really doesn't work like that. So they fizzle out and then they're the ones who say, oh, it doesn't work, but it does work if you, if you honor the process. All right, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Let's find out what's going on where you guys work. And uh, we're going to have our guest of honor go last. OG, uh, what's going on with you this weekend, my friend? Just another summer weekend in the OG household. Next week is my middle kid's birthday. So oh. Going on next, uh, next week. But uh, just a quiet weekend after a month of travel. Happy to be home. Party at the OG house, though. Will, will there be cake? There will be cake. 
cake is a lie. Oh, we know the cake is a lie. That was such a good video game. Len Penzo, what's going on at lenpenzo.com? Well, I, I go over this week uh, things that you can find in nature. I mean, there are things out there just out there in your backyard. If you find it, and I'm not talking gold and I'm not talking silver, just laying in your backyard growing naturally uh, that could make you six figures. Oh, or more. <laughs> is that, is that what, you, is that what you say, Len? Uh, I'm sorry, officer. This was growing naturally. <laughs> I don't know how it made me six figures. Well, this, it, boy, I, what are you growing? Six figures. I don't Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> Things yeah, that grow naturally that make you six figures in your backyard. That's a natural lot of chrysanthemums. Thing, natural things out there that just, just look around and could make you rich. Five of them. Oh boy. Uh, at lenpenzo.com. It's always an adventure at lenpenzo.com. <laughs> Rosetta, thanks a ton for hanging out with us. I'm so happy that uh, I, I got to know you a little bit last week. And man, you knocked it out of the park for us this week. I, you know, to all the gentlemen that were on, Lynn, Josh, Doug, Joe, I want you to know I just had a, a ball today. But let me answer a question real quickly, if I may. Yeah. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, home of the Negro baseball yes. team. I worked there in the summer on a, on a road called Swope Park. I remember that date because in there, because the Negro baseball teams were formed around the same time. And so I just wanted to tell you how I really got the answer. Um, I just took a guess based on the first gentleman's guess. I figured that it would be lower. So yes. So, I just remembered that. That's where I grew up. You just never know what's spontaneous is going to come up. But I think that um, that's where I grew up. And and just so you know, I'm not a real baseball fan. I'm a basketball fan. But the, that Negro baseball um, whole museum, everything just got bought up by Major League Baseball. They're considering it part of baseball. So just very glad about that. I thought that was, oh. it, it, and by the way, when we did a live show in Kansas City, we had the president of the Negro League Museum on the yes. show that opened for us. Uh, yes. What is his name? A wonderful gentleman. And I know he's got a new podcast out too, all about stories from the Negro Leagues. And some of the stories he told us live at the comedy club that night were just amazing. Um, just just some amazing stories. But no, nobody knew really how old Satchel Page was. And, yes. a, and about a catcher, there was this guy that was a catcher and he, he not only caught the first game in a, in a double header, he then went out and pitched the second game and pitched a no hitter in the second game. It was crazy. I'm just glad they're being honored. Isn't that great? It is. It is so absolutely cool. Well, let's talk about what you're doing. What, what, how can people find you and, uh, and, uh, what's going on at Simple Trader Pro? Simple Trader Pro, again, we've, we've become the biggest trade house because we're very, very, very good at it, teaching people from nothing to something in 60 days, including how to do technical analysis, how to read the charts, how to run run themselves, run, execute trades. And so I'm very happy about that. All of the sudden, um, we're getting, uh, because we're great, um, we are getting offers to uh, with, from EVs and um, angel investors and show um, I'm asking you all, if you know anything about that, please give me a personal call so that I can uh, vet these people properly um, because it looks like we're we're growing the company and we are looking to, um, I look to within the next 12 to, I'm going to say 18 months, 
it would be my dream for Temple Trader Pro to do a SPAC or go public. So, oh, that's, that's so that's exciting. Yeah. That's so great. But man, I don't envy you right now, Rosetta. You're going to end up like Len and I, bald is all get out. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. And we will link to Simple Trader Pro on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. All right. That is going to do it for today. Doug, man, you've got it from here. What should we have learned today? I'll tell you what we should have learned today, Joe. First, take a lesson from our round table. Want to be wealthy? Whether you're a trader or a buy and hold investor, the rules are very much the same. For the millionth time, people, create a plan and stick to it. How many times do we have to tell you? Second, if you're old like Len, you won't have time to recover from market downturns, so diversify now. (laughs) But the big lesson? Turns out those overbearing Karens in the mafia at the petting zoo? Yeah, turns out They're just local volunteers, but they were kind of like big, scary looking volunteers. You can see how I got confused. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. To see what Rosetta's doing, just head on over to simpletraderpro.com. And to read the latest from Len Penzo and what he's got growing in his backyard, head over to LenPenzo.com. Welcome to the after show. This is not only the part of the show that doesn't exist, but one thing we forgot to do was to tell our guest of honor, Rosetta, that we do an after show because she's gone. (laughs) I I, I realized it then. I'm like, we have not told Rosetta that there's more coming. Wow. Lesson, Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Got to, got, got to remember to tell them. And I'm sure Karen, our producer, is like, hey, what's a, what's a with all the Karen jokes? Um, so, but, but I, wanted to, I wanted to talk briefly about, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, my, that Doug alluded to it, my, one of my craziest trades. But Len, I'm wondering if there's a trade that you made that, uh, that was just maybe not the smartest trade ever. Um, actually, I don't have one. You don't have one? I, I really don't. All your I, trades I mean, are brilliant. Well, no, I, you know, I've had some, I've had some losers. Um, uh, Boston Market back in, remember Boston Market? Yes. Did you buy them before they went bankrupt? Yes, I bought them before they went bankrupt. Uh, yes. Wrote it all the way down? Uh, uh, no, I sold, but it, it, it was a bad, that was a, I was, I thought that was a great pay. I love Boston. Right? Oh. Because they say, people, hey, you know, buy what you know, you know, buy what yes. you know. It, it, it's, it's, and I love Boston market. So I bought some Boston market and boy, for some reason, I, I can't remember 
what happened? I mean, they went bankrupt, but I don't know. I don't remember why. I guess I can blame myself for not researching the company good enough. But it was just the buy what you know, and and I love Boston Market, so I bought some Boston Market stock. And they still have one. They still have one in Gross Point by Michigan by my uh, sister in law brother in law's house. And I went there while we were living in Michigan and took we took our nieces. And oh my, I still love that place, Lynn. Oh, I do too. Uh, I'm so. That, are they, there's no, there's none around at all, right? Except for the one. I don't know. There's one in Gross Point. There, I don't know how many more there. Does anybody know if there's point. more than that one? Oh, gee, you got a got a got a fun one, a trade where you went. Yeah, probably shouldn't have. Besides trying to scalp the uh, 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 what was it, the Hamilton tickets? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's probably the that's probably the, that's probably the best one is is uh, buying double Hamilton tickets because <laughs> I'm gonna show them. But to buy up the theater. <laughs> I distinctly remember the first time that I found out that when you hit refresh on your computer a million times to buy a stock that's IPOing that day and you get it like that second, that's not really an IPO. Because <laughs> I was like, how did I get it at 15? Yeah. When they said it IPOed at 10. Yeah. And I, I bought this thing right at 11 o'clock, like right when it opened. That's right. Um, what you were talking about, Len, earlier. That just because doesn't mean you're going to get that price. Doug, any good ones? Uh, I um, I had uh, original 1969 Red Baron Hot Wheel. It's now worth 3,500 bucks, and I traded it for a bag of Cheetos at lunch one day to some jerk named Steve. <laughs> did you? Did you really? About that? Did you really? I actually did. Oh, I actually oh, did. You dog. Yeah. Things did you just have a whole bunch of Hot Wheels? Now. Oh my God, I had so many Hot Wheels. I kept them in a shoebox. Oh my God, oh, I yeah. used to love my Oh yeah, hot we didn't give a rip about if their paint was getting nicked or anything. You just <laughs> right, threw exactly. them all in there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, can I share one more thing? It's that right? It's it's, it's wide open, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, I got a thrill. A, uh, a kid that I coached in Little League for three years, Bailey Falter is in the pros pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies. He got called up, and he's doing really well for him. And I'm just uh, proud as all get out that, uh, that I was able to coach him. Nothing to do – I had nothing to do oh, with right. success. No, I did not. <laughs> Absolutely did not. But he was my ace pitcher. He was my first base. But he was – the cleanup – he was – you knew back then that he was going to be – he was going to be really good. And he made it. And, and good, good on him, Bailey Falter. Is he a, did you poke the straw through his, his juice box, his Capri Sun foil? <laughs> yes, thing that's for right. Him? Yeah, absolutely. Had that was snacks hard. for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I knew him when you yeah. bought him the snow cone after oh. the game. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, we are friends with a with a major league pitcher's parents. I didn't know him growing up. We moved here after he was already pitching in the minors. But uh, Michael Walker, who pitched for. Uh, right now he's with Tampa Bay. Before that he was with the Mets for a year. But for quite a while he was with uh, with St. Louis, and um, and we go do things with his parents all the time. And it's it's That's just awesome. just just I had a very weird a guy I worked with. His his son was drafted. He was the second overall pick in all of baseball, drafted by the New York Yankees. Um, but and he didn't and he didn't pan out at all. He he ended up didn't didn't even make it to the major league. So. Uh, you know, it's 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 a crapshoot. It is tough, man. Like I, I never made it either, and yeah. so it's not. It, yeah. it is possible not to make it. Yeah. OG decided. <laughs> OG decided not even to try because he knew that yeah. it was going to be a crapshoot. Way better to be a suburban-based financial uh, yeah. planner. 
I've read some books about guys going through the minor leagues. I can't imagine wanting that life, how much you'd have to want to play professional ball to deal with that for three, four five years. Just sounds awful. The, the, the whole circuit of what your life is like living in the minor leagues. Once you even get into low A ball, you're making no you know, money, oh, yeah. no money, literally That's no right. money. Like, like yeah. not even half of minimum wage. You're sleeping on people's floors and, you know, you know, eating ramen noodles at best. That's a great day. If you get ramen, it's, it's pretty rough. How different is that than what you do with us right now? <laughs> yeah, but I got all the bennies. I got all the bennies here. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website. Resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.